0: Hey friends, welcome to the Kids Ministry Circle podcast. Kids Ministry Circle is a community for kids ministry leaders to be encouraged and equipped to love and serve the local church. I'm your host, Lauren Jackson, and today's episode is with my new friend, Kristen Clark. Kristen has over 17 years of experience in church ministry, primarily with children and families. She is the creator and host of the Collide Kids podcast, where she gets to meet guests from all around the world who each share their unique story and reminds everyone that God loves them. I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation with me and Kristen as we talk about large group teaching and large group musical worship. Before we jump into the conversation with Kristen, I would love to invite you to help our podcast grow. One way to do that is to rate and review our podcast over on Apple Podcasts. Your ratings and reviews help a ton, and it helps other ministry leaders find our podcast and hopefully be encouraged and more equipped as they listen. Now, onto my conversation with Kristen. Kristen, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you, Lauren. I'm excited to be here today. Yay. Okay, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about how you got into the world of kids ministry, the world of podcasting, and tell us a little bit about what you're doing now.
1: Yeah. That's a really loaded question. Um the, the this will take the entire podcast, right? <laughs> um my name's Kristen. I have been working in church full-time ministry for over 17 years, primarily with kids and family ministries. And so it's just it's in my blood, man. I just I love doing it. It just it came so natural to me. I started kind of at a young age when I was in high school. I started volunteering in kids ministry. I was always a babysitter for um, all my cousins and my parents' massive group of friends would just they just dump all their kids with me. And so I've always kind of worked with large groups of kids. so I, it's it's just what I know. um i I moved to Atlanta uh, right out of college, met my husband, and I started working at a church as a summer intern, and they asked me to stay on full time. And so, I did so I, I'm originally from North Carolina, but I'm a transplant in Georgia. so now I feel like I'm a I'm a Georgian now. I'm I've mm-hmm. been here long enough, I can claim it. So um, yeah, I did that. I worked at a few churches, doing kids worship, large group ministry, um kids choirs, student choirs, production, kind of a little bit of everything. and um and then just this past year, I I stepped out of working at a church and decided I wanted to serve the church as a whole. And so now I'm a consultant, um, working with next gen ministries and helping churches to grow in that area. And, um, especially with their kids ministries and their family ministries. And I have a podcast for kids called the collide kids podcast, um, which is super fun. And it's something that I was telling you earlier, like it was something I was looking for, for my kids and couldn't find it. And so I decided to make it. And, um, it's so fun. I get to talk to so many different kinds of people. And the thread, the theme that seems to go through all the episodes is each person says, this was something God put inside me a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I just you know, realized this was my purpose. This is my passion. And that's how God made me. He made me to do these things. So I've talked with a firefighter, an Olympian. I've talked with a, a professional organizer, a veterinarian. All of them have this theme of like, God just put this desire in me and and I serve God by doing the thing that I love to do. So I love conveying that message to kids that whatever God's put inside you, that's how He made you. He created you to be passionate about that thing. And, or, or you might not know what that thing is yet and you're going to discover it later and realize that all the things that didn't make sense in your life when you were a kid, you're like, now I get it. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So that's a little bit about me. Um, I have two kids of my own. I'm married. I live in uh, just north of Atlanta, Georgia. And, yeah, we're, we're doing good.
0: That's awesome. We, uh, I'm definitely going to have to go back and listen with my five-year-old to the firefighter episode. She loves all things firefighter, like just, oh, she's yeah. obsessed, wants to be a firefighter. We had a firefighter birthday. And so we're going to have to go back and find that episode. Check because that one out.
1: That's a good I one. just
0: love, I love that idea of, I don't know. I feel like it's a, not a sneaky way, but just a not obvious way to remind kids of their identity because that's an easy way to say oh this person on the collide kids podcast like knew that this was what god wanted them to do and it's like you have that too and it's like you were the like it's so easy to then go into like you were made in the image of god and you were made for a purpose and i just think I feel like this is a really hot topic conversation in the kids' ministry world right now of just mm-hmm. what does it look like to continue to remind kids of their identity in Christ and not what culture is telling them. And so I love that God gave you this idea and that you persevered and that you did it, even <laughs> yeah. though I'm sure it was scary at some points. And so that's oh, so yeah. awesome. I love oh, that. yeah.
1: And I think one thing that's so amazing to me is almost every episode in some way. I never tell the the guest that's coming on the show, this is what we're going to talk about. Be sure to say this one thing. But they all seem to say this one thing that, you know, you can do amazing things for God right now. Like kids don't mm-hmm. have to wait until they become an adult to start serving God, to start loving God, have a relationship with God, to do amazing things for God. You can do it right now with the friendships you have, with the passions you have for baseball or cooking or you know, hanging out with people and being a friendly person, that could be something God can use. And so mm-hmm. I just love that that seems to be always coming up in each episode when people say that. So I love conveying to kids that that God's created them for a purpose, and they yeah. can start right now.
0: Yeah, that's so fun. Okay, uh, everybody listening, you need to add this to your podcast player because yes. it's so good. Okay, so the reason that One, I wanted to have you on the podcast, but also that you reached out is because you have a huge passion for large group, like you mentioned, and worship time for kids. And so that's what we're going to talk about. I love all things. Large group. Uh, I think I've shared a couple times on the podcast that that's how I serve my church. As I teach large group every Sunday, we've got a large group YouTube video. Like it's just it's something that I grew up doing. I'm a huge lover of large group, and so yeah. I would love to know from your perspective why do you think large group is important? What's the purpose of large group that you feel like that kids ministry leaders and Next gen ministries and family ministry leaders can kind of get behind the large group time. But also, why do you love large group so much? What part of large group just ignites and excites you?
1: Well, I, you know, I love large group just as much as I love small group. And I think there's incredible relationships that are built with small group. But I think coming all together, allowing kids to come together in a space that's created for them. Is so, it's so exciting. And they get to mm-hmm. kind of feed off of each other and the energy in the room. They get to feed off the adults and the volunteers that are up up front or standing next to them and worshiping alongside them. And so for me, I think large group just kind of helps prepare them for big church. It helps them to connect with other people that might not be in their small group, but they can see that there's other people out there that love the Lord, no matter how big your large group is. I've been a part of kids large group that's couple hundred and i've also been a part of some that are just 15 or mm-hmm. less you know so it's still it's still amazing to come together i think it also brings um age groups together so like you know like when you're in kindergarten if a fourth or fifth grader speaks to you you're like they hung the moon right so yep. seeing bigger kids worshiping and and getting excited about god i think that's important so yeah i love large group i love to be crazy on stage i love to I've always loved um, the music of large group and finding things that really connects with kids and so yeah I'm I'm really passionate about it. I think it's a great experience
0: yeah that's awesome one of the tensions that I hear about a lot in large group is just behavior management how mm-hmm. do kids ministry leaders right because when you get all the kids in the classroom, and for large group, when you bring them all together, the energy's a lot higher. They see their friend that may be in a different grade or a different small group. And there's so many kids and so little volunteers. And oh. the attention spans are small and they may not be always really great at listening. So what are some of your top tips and tricks to say, hey, here, you can implement these couple things to really help with this behavior management or just kind of helping these kids pay attention? in during that yeah. group? So
1: a few things. Well, first of all, I think when you're planning large group, you really have to think about the kids in your group. So mm-hmm. if they are high energy all the time, you have to match that. And I, it doesn't have to be crazy jumping off the walls, You know, everybody's screaming for every single song. I don't like that. But <laughs> I think having the opportunity to let them get some energy out. So for me, I always would start up so I, I, I kind of, I did a, a conference um, breakout about this a few weeks ago, I guess. And I had like a, a, a picture of an arc and you start up and then you kind of bring everybody back down together and then you go back up mm. and then you bring everybody down for that focus time and then you exit up. So yep. every, it, it's one big wave. So if it's if it's zigzagging along and they're up and they're down and they're up and they're down, that's gonna be hard for kids to focus. So if you kind of bring them on the steady ride of high energy is coming up and now we're coming back down and we're staying mm-hmm. focused, they're going to be able to connect with that. And you can you can do however your kids connect with um, energy or however they like to show their energy. Sometimes when we would do large group stuff on Wednesday nights, the kids have been sitting there in school all day long. They're tired. They're frustrated. They just inhaled their dinner before they came to church. <laughs> um, and then they're, everybody's like, come on in, come on in. So excited to see everybody. Sit down and be quiet. Yeah. And they can't they're like shaking. They so we would literally do things just to let them scream. <laughs> and not in a crazy way, but just like let them get a yell out. Let them like let me hear this yeah. side shout. Let me hear this side shout out. God is good. Now you do it louder. Literally just that opportunity to move some of that energy out at the very front mm-hmm. is so helpful for kids. And there's also some great videos I would I would pull things from um there's a website uh, called Go Noodle that a lot of elementary schools use. So it's not really a Christian yeah. focused thing, but they have some great things where the kids could just yell. And that's what I would look for. How can we move our bodies and yell at the same time for a minute and 30 seconds? Yep. And then we can come back in and bring everybody focused. So I think just kind of helping them release some of that is good. I also think it's really important that you have someone up front the entire time. I know a lot of churches that when they have the music time, they put a video on and whoever was up front leading kind of gets out of the way so the kids could see the video. You don't need to do that. You need to stay right front and center Mm -hmm. and make eye contact with them. Because I think you leading them, you sing them, you're being a worship leader. Even if you're not great musically, it's not really about who has the best singing voice or who does the best dance moves. You come up front. It's really about who has this passion for worship? Who has this passion for God? You stand up front and and lead them in it. Like just affirming them during the song, we would do, I would show them a few dance moves. We would start this high energy song and then halfway through the song, I would shout out, you guys are doing Awesome. And then we keep going, or yeah. I'd, or in the middle of a song, I've done a few things where like the boys in the back need to sing louder, and then we keep going. So it kind of just pulls them in, and also yeah. lets them know that someone's watching them and keeping them focused is is very helpful. Um, so yeah, I think those are two big things. It's just really understanding your kids, and then making sure that there's someone there that can kind of help guide them through that process of worship.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome, and I loved how you noted that Sundays and Wednesdays or your midweek program can look different. And sometimes they need to look different because kids are entering into your environments differently between those two days. And I think sometimes kids ministry leaders just want to do a, like copy and paste between all programs for large group, and that's not always the best answer because your kids right. may vary, and maybe on Wednesday nights you get a whole crew that has no idea what happens on Sunday morning, and so like it's just you kind of. I I love that piece of you have to really pay attention to who your kids are and right. who's coming. I, I have a lot of conversations around. Are the majority of your kids that come on Sunday mornings, are they new to the gospel? Well, then for you to get up and share a Bible story and not give any context and not give any explanation of who the people are in the story, what are they doing, where they're at, all of that's not helpful for them because they're going to check out because they don't understand what you're talking about. They've never read the Bible. They don't even know what the word gospel is. Like All of those things can sometimes be a huge barrier. For kids to listen is because they just don't understand. And so I think really knowing your kids is so key to large group. I loved those ideas. Um, Okay. And I think I
1: was going to say too, I think Sundays, I think has a little bit of that dynamic of there's always probably going to be someone new and keeping that in mind that making sure you have volunteers or even kid volunteers stationed close to the doors. So when we when people walk in, I'm going to ask you to go sit with that girl because she looks like she's new. And those kids that are shy that maybe haven't connected in a couple weeks. So you kind of have to keep in mind those people. So if they come in and you guys are playing full out dodgeball or the kids are just running around the room crazy, that might be a little intimidating to a new family. So keeping in mind those volunteers that could be that that kind of buffer, I guess is mm-hmm. the word, to help yeah. those kids that are introducing to the to the group, I think is helpful.
0: Yeah, that's always good. And I one thing I do often from stage when I teach large group is I will ask volunteers to sit in specific spots. If mm-hmm. I know that there's like, hey, I know this crew of kids in the kindergarten class, our chatty Cathy's up in the front row, like I'll say, hey, <laughs> Mr. Steve, can you come and sit by our kindergarten friends? Like I will have that weaved into the large group teaching. So one, Mm -hmm. so the kids know that I can see them from the stage, but also to kind of train the volunteers to say, no, you can start looking for these things. You can start looking for the kids that are the noisiest and you can actually participate with them, sit with them and help them engage. So I think- um, those are really helpful. So there's two pieces to large group, right? There's the teaching part, and maybe there's like the game and the teaching, but then there's also this musical worship part that mm-hmm. I feel like can sometimes be really intimidating for kids' ministry leaders because, like you said, maybe they aren't musical. Like, Maybe they have no, maybe they're tone deaf. Like maybe they can't sing. Maybe they don't mm-hmm. feel like they have the best dance moves and maybe they just feel really intimidated by all the music that's out there. Cause you can get lost in the world of kids music. And it's so sure. hard to find good kids music. I feel like. And so talk to me about musical worship. It can often be a roadblock for leaders How can churches foster authentic worship for kids without swinging between this like really cheesy or songs that just aren't engaging? What do you feel like the balance is for that?
1: Well, like I said before, you really have to know your kids. So if you're in a very urban area, then you don't want to play something that it doesn't have a good beat or doesn't have some fun (laughs) dance moves. Um, You really have to think about the kids' The culture that's being thrown at the kids. I know we want to like completely separate ourselves from that, but finding music that lines up with the things they're watching on YouTube and the things they're watching on, you know, streaming services or whatever, they are watching those things as much as you would like them not to. You really have to kind of get familiar with some of it. And I think that mm-hmm. will help you in choosing what works for your kids. Um, I would always try to find one song. So I would always pick like two to four songs each Sunday. And Um, I would always make sure that one song went along with the Bible lesson that we were doing. So if we're talking about something about courage, um, like Daniel the lion's den, I'm going to find a song that talks about strength and trusting God and looking to God. And then it kind of just ties in. And so it makes sense. It's preparing their hearts for worship. That's the purpose of this. So it's not like, I don't want kids to sing really loud the whole time. That's not the goal. The goal is not Mm -hmm. for them to scream all the words of the song or to do all the motions or the dance moves perfectly. The goal is for their hearts to be prepared for what they're about to hear from the Bible. And so, and like you said earlier, I think it was really, it's really important for us to recognize how much of the music they're going to carry with them. They Mm -hmm. might not remember the full, like all the analogies and all the great things you talked about in that Bible story, but they do remember part of the melody of the chorus of the song that we sang, or they remember some of the moves. And so for me, I would always try to choose something that went along with what the lesson was. I would always try to keep something in my rotation that was familiar to just worship in general. So something they might hear on Christian radio in the car or something that when they go to student ministry or to big church, they already know these songs. So it, it's not just about like just kids music, some of the stuff, it, it was a little wordy or sometimes it was, you know, a hard theological concept, but we would still sing it because it just gets inside them. And I think yep. that's so important f- for us to recognize like how many songs do you know that you learned when you were a child that you still hold with you, you still remember them. And you're like, I had no idea what I was singing then, but I still remember it. And so I wouldn't get so discouraged that the kids are not fully engaged with every single song. But if you know there's a deep theological truth that you want to instill in them and finding a song that can do that, even if it's something they'll capture later, I think that's important. I think another thing is just to, try a song a few weeks in a row. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So I know there's some people like we do a different one every single week. And that's kind of hard. I mean, even for adults, I think you need to kind of repeat, especially when you introduce the new song. So we would kind of, we would do a a song, maybe two or three weeks in a row, and then we'd skip a week or two, and then we come back and we do it again. And so it kind of gives them that opportunity to learn it and to learn it in a way that they can really process it and also then they don't feel so lost every time I'm playing a new song. So mm-hmm. um, so don't be afraid to repeat a song. On the other hand, don't repeat a song every single Sunday. <laughs> you yeah. know, like we have this one song and that's the only song they like to sing. Well, the reason is because they know it by heart because you do it every single week. Mm-hmm. And I think you're doing yourself a disservice because like you said, there's so much out there and you want your kids to to leave your ministry fully equipped and f- really excited about worship. And if they only know three songs, then that's going to be a bummer for sure. So, yeah. um, Yeah. So I think those are some, some things just to keep in mind when you're choosing music. You know, I definitely have favorite, um, uh, worship groups that I love that I always turn to. I love Doorpost songs. I think their stuff is great. Mm-hmm. They they take those big church songs, you know, like Battle Belongs and yep. uh, you know, stuff like that, and, and really make a kid-friendly version of it that has a good beat. And it's, it's exciting. It sounds good. And they've also written some really great songs that I love. I also love Jumpstart. I love Yancey. I love Seeds Family Worship is a great way for kids to they do so many different genres of music. I think that's why I like seeds so much. They've got some country, they've got some rap, they've got some, you know, like pop sounding stuff. So it's fun to kind of find those gems in there and you're memorizing scripture, which is awesome. So, yeah, I think there's a lot out there, but, you know, sometimes we would just play a song that we've heard from K-Love or from, you know, Christian radio and, then my parents would come back and say we were doing the motions to the song in the car when it came on in the radio that's so fun cuz now you're pulling in families to mm-hmm. all worship together and be excited about music and it's not just about kids voices and has has a kids' singy songy cheesy tone to it it's something that everybody enjoys yep.
0: yeah that's so good i uh laugh at your comment about how many kids songs do you know from your childhood and i feel like this will show my upbringing quite a bit but I was the one sitting in my college Old Testament class singing the books of the Bible song. And the person sitting next to me, who is now my husband, was like, what are you doing? And I'm like singing the books of the Bible. And I'm like, this is how, like, you know what we're talking about. (laughs) But that, there's, that's a, there's a great
1: version of Books of the Bible Song by Jumpstart, and oh, we yeah? used to do that, and kids would beg for it, because it's got this awesome beat. And one of the parents said, I'm embarrassed to tell you this, but I've added the Books of the Bible Song to my workout playlist. <laughs> and I'm like, that's awesome. That's great. That's so it's it's that good. It's that good.
0: Okay. I'm definitely going to link that one in the show notes so people can find it, <laughs> because I feel like people always are looking for Books of the Bible Songs. But that's so, like, that's so true. And I think... I think musical worship in kids is probably the easiest thing to hand over to a parent and say, play this song at home. Mm -hmm. And you're helping them disciple their kids throughout the week just by playing music. And I think sometimes whether it's discussion questions or take-home sheets or stuff like that can sometimes be intimidating for parents, especially those parents who are new believers, that a playlist that you create on Spotify for your parents to play at home is the easiest way to say, hey, look, you're discipling your kids at home just by playing this music. Because you're learning scripture together, you're singing truths about who God is, and you're doing it throughout the week and at home and weaving it into your everyday life. It's like, no, look, you're doing it and it's not that hard. And so I think whether you have really great songs on Sunday or you're still struggling, struggling to find good music for your ministry on Sunday, I think this would be the easiest win to champion your parents is by bringing them in and sharing what songs you're singing on Sunday morning, because it's true. Kids do walk away with melodies. They do walk away with hand motions and families can easily catch on and do it together. And I think that just creates such sweet moments for families. Um, I do have a question for you. Okay. I know that sometimes there's songs that are sung, um, on Caleb or right now, our family loves Shane and Shane's Kingdom Kids album. Great. But they album, don't yeah. have hand motions. What do you do? You make them
1: up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I promise you there is someone out there. If the if the song's been out for a little while, there's someone out there on YouTube that's created hand motions. And so um, I would do a lot of research when we would come up with stuff. If if the curriculum that we got it from didn't provide it, or it felt like it was too complicated. I would go searching on on YouTube and find hand motions or dance moves for this song and and there's a lot out there. Yeah. So I think I think there's resources out there you kind of have to tap into. It's the great world of Google. <laughs> it's going to oh, really be your yeah. friend.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's good because it is like you want hand motions. Do you feel like in a worship environment for kids there needs to be hand motions or how would you introduce maybe like a slower song where you want the kids to be more maybe a little bit more introspective like what does that look like in the world of in the world of kids ministry
1: well for me personally when i worship if we talk about the blood of jesus if we talk about resurrection if we talk about what god has done for me my hands just naturally go straight up they just touch down i do that every time and i, I have to warn people like if we talk about resurrection my <laughs> hands are going up um but i think something that I started realizing was the more that I incorporate actions or or poses of worship into the hand motions that we do, especially for solar songs, mm-hmm. it's getting those kids comfortable with using their hands, using mm-hmm. their body to worship God. Yeah. I also really believe that we worship God, not just with our mouths, not just with our voices. We worship God as we're looking, as we're focusing. We worship with our mind. We worship with our strength and our heart, like all of that is incorporated into worship. And for, you know, if we go into the education world, we've got auditory learners, they're listening, they're absorbing it. We've got those visual ones. So they're looking at things that are happening or things on the screen or people around them. They're watching other people worship. And then we also have to have something for those kinesthetic, those tactile people that need to express themselves with their hand motions. Like I'm just waving my hands so much right now. Um, so I feel like it is important to have that. I also feel like sometimes the hand motions can help us remember the words, mm-hmm. especially if you have kids that are not great readers, not just little kids, but you know, there's even some, you know, third and fourth graders. They're not, they're not easily reading all those words. When you have a song up there that says Ebenezer or, you know, resurrection, that's a really long word and it went through really fast. But having those hand motions, I think really does help kids remember the words and connect with those. So I would, I do a little research on um, sign language whenever Mm -hmm. I did um, a slower song or something like that, that I felt like it would be really good for them to know this word and um again on google if you search how to, you yep. know, how do you say this word in sign language and you can come up with some really good stuff but yeah, I do think hand motions are important or just movement, maybe just step mm. touch or just clapping during the verses. And then we all lift our hands during the one part, you know, the, some of the songs tell you what to do, you know? Yeah. So I raise up my hands and lift a hallelujah. Well, our hands need to be up during that time. So sometimes the song kind of tells you what to do. It's just like the cha-cha slide, you know, like <laughs> you got to have those like, if it says step to the left, we're going to step to the left, you know, that's what we got to yep.
0: do. Yep. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> how would you explain the why behind the what in terms of worship so if we're talking about those kids who maybe didn't haven't been at church growing up in their preschool toddler years and maybe they've never gone to church as a family before and they're stepping into your environment or maybe you really want to get this idea across of what is worship why do we worship why do we sing to a god that we can't see like all of those bigger questions that I feel like sometimes kids ask, how would you, maybe you don't need to explain, like, here's the philosophy of worship, but it's like, (laughs) how could a kids ministry leader go about teaching their kids and maybe their volunteers about why do we worship on Sunday mornings and throughout the week, but more specifically, musical worship?
1: Yeah. Um, Something I would do almost every week in some form or fashion is I would say we are going to stand up right now and worship God together by singing. Mm. So singing is not worship. It is worship, but it's it's an act of worship. Worship is something that happens in our hearts. And so the root word for the word worship is worth. So if we have something that is worth something, something that's valuable to us, we're going to lift it up. We're going to hold it valuable. We're going to do something with it. And so if God is worthy, if He's worth something to you, then it's important for you to express that to Him. And so that's what we're going to do now. And I, and then I'd have everybody stand up. Or sometimes I would say, does anyone know what a root word is? And they'd just raise their hand. I mean, we t- we almost talked about that every week because I wanted kids to understand that there was a purpose for why we did what we did. And then when we say, you know what, we're going to take up an offering. That is another act of worship. That's the Mm -hmm. way we worship God. We're telling God how much he means to us. And then I would say too, if maybe you're not sure about how you feel about God, or you've never done this before, that's okay. You can stand there and listen. You can participate with us, but make sure you're not distracting someone else from keeping that focus on giving God their worship. And so, um, I think it's really important to say those things and to say them often. don't don't yeah. just do a sermon series once a year about what worship is. Talk about it every week. The reason we're standing up right now, it takes less than fifteen seconds for you to say a couple sentences or to read a Bible verse from Psalms about how we give God our worship. And, mm, you know, I yeah. love the the thing that David said. Um, I will not offer my God something that costs me nothing. So praise is a sacrifice. We're giving a sacrifice of praise. It might mean that we're a little embarrassed when we have to do some of the silly dance moves. It might mean that we have to sing out loud, even though we think our voice doesn't sound amazing. It might mean that we can't be super silly and make the funny joke and get everybody laughing because we need to focus. That might be your sacrifice, that you're not Mm -hmm. distracting other people, but we're praising God and we're making that sacrifice. And so... I think it's just something you have to repeat, something you have to keep saying. And then I would always, excuse me, had that tickle right there. And then I would always try to help my adults to understand if you are not participating, if you're not doing the hand motions and you're not singing out loud, your kids will not either. Mm -hmm. So if you're standing in the back drinking coffee and talking to other people, we don't need you (laughs) here. Like. Like it's so, so important. You know, I would tell them you are secondary worship leaders, your job, they're going to be looking up front going, I'm not going to do that dance move. And then they look over at their, this big dad who, you know, he's a firefighter on the weekends and he's in there teaching their small group class and he's out there and he's doing all the dance moves. All right, if Mr. Bill can do it, if Mr. Tony can do it, I'm going to do it too. So I I think it's really important that you help those adults to engage and remember that their participation matters and that it makes a a difference in kids' lives.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that when you're trying to cast vision, especially around why do we worship? What is worship? It's a simple phrase. Like they could say exactly what you just said. Mm -hmm. And they could say it to their kids, and they could say it every Sunday. I mean, something that I say when we pray at the end of a large group is like, when we pray, we like to close our eyes and fold our hands to keep us free from distractions. And when we pray, God hears us every time and all the time. It's it's the simplest phrase, but you know what I'm doing? I'm reminding them of what's true in terms of, no, when we pray, God hears us. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter when we pray or how we pray or what we say, Mm -hmm. God hears us all the time. And I feel like you can do the same thing with worship. You can say, this is why we worship. This is how we worship. This is what we're going to do. And because then they just, it becomes normal for them. It becomes normal language. It becomes normal as they grow up and as they are at home. And maybe they go to a different church or maybe they like, want, are listening to music throughout the week. And it's just a—I feel like when you cast vision not just as, like, a whole ministry, but to your kids and remind them of what's true, it can be the simplest phrase that just sticks with them, mm-hmm. like, as they grow. And you never know. Those kids could end up turning around and saying it to other kids and teaching other kids about worship. And so I think that that's really cool. And I think that's a really, really good idea that— ministry leaders can start implementing on the weekends. Mm. Um, so shifting gears back to the teaching time and maybe like large group as a whole, what are some fun and un- unique ways that you have maybe added Extra things to large group, made large group special, maybe kind of getting out of the rut of, okay, we come in, we sing songs, we teach the story, and then we're dismissed. Like, what, how can you make it a little bit more engaging or add some of those unique things? Like, I think this episode will drop right before Easter. So, thinking about Easter, thinking about summertime seasons, what are some ways to add unique things to large group?
1: Yeah, I think there's lots of options out there. Um, as far as education, like there's so many resources out there, so don't feel like you have to come up with something brand new, like get help. You know, if there's resources or groups out there that do great things, Pinterest is a great place to look for that stuff. I think it's really important for you to be intentional about media, um, and making sure if you have a fun video, that's 30 to 90 seconds that you can just show, even if it's not, it's like it's not, you know, super engaging or it's just funny and it's crazy and whatever. You'd be surprised at how much that helps kids connect. They're so used to having screens in front of them. And mm-hmm. so I think you really pull them in. If you can find a video that can set up the message and what you're about to share, I think that would be monumental at, more than you think. And it's so easy. All you have to do is download it or purchase it or find it somewhere. And Um, Or maybe there's like a video of a kid that is worshiping or a kid that decided to do something amazing for God and they raised money and you can kind of talk about how that kid did that thing. And that applies to what you're talking about today. I think another really cool thing that we did um, a while back is we focused in on um, sometimes the teaching was like we talked about the different modalities of teaching. There's, you know, uh audio, like auditory, there's visual, and then there's that tactile, kinesthetic, letting kids move around the room. What if you had a station where mm. each station, you got to taste something, you got to taste and see that God is good, you got to see something that was amazing, they got to put a puzzle together that had to do with the Bible verse. So it might it might take a little bit of effort, but I think some of those things that where they can experience things or they can learn in a different way is always good. Um it's always good to engage that because like you said, a lot of kids, you know, if they get used to coming in, we sing songs and then we hear somebody speak, they, they could start to tune you out. So if there's mm-hmm. something a little different each week, I think you're right. I think it really will make it more special. Um, And I think too, letting the kids move, giving them the opportunity to move around or, you know, like when you talk about the, the, when the Israelites walked across the Red Sea and what that was like, you know, we had big blankets and we had volunteers holding the blankets and then they dropped them and we had the entire group of kids walk just across the other side of the room. But that was the the way they engaged with the story. So yep. finding those creative elements, even if it's just a moment for them to move and experience in a different way than just listening to someone teach, I think that would be really, I think that would definitely make that more special.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. I love those ideas. Um, Okay, this I feel like this episode is going to be extremely helpful for ministry leaders that are just trying to improve their large group time just a little bit, even just take it to the next level. And um, I'm so thankful that you just brought all your wisdom. But before we finish this podcast, we always ask one more question, which is, if you were talking to someone brand new in kids ministry, what would be your words of encouragement or advice? I think
1: the best advice you can get for any type of leadership role of any kind is to be yourself. I think it's really easy to compare yourself with other people who have been down this road, or they're seasoned and they've done it for many years, or you're replacing someone that was beloved, and you're walking mm-hmm. in like, oh no, like I have to, I have to match that. You don't. You just have to be who God created you to be. You know. I think for me, I I love being fun and silly on stage, but I also have a different type of personality where I can be very assertive and I can kind of keep control of things, and and so I, I know that about myself. And I've learned to appreciate the things that I'm really good at. And I always love when I'm with other leaders that allow me to be that person that I am and not have to try to fit into a mold. I just, I recently interviewed Cool Carl. Do you know who that is? Yeah. So yeah. So he's on the latest episode um, that just came out. I know this was recently, but, um, and he's so crazy. He's so funny. I would love to be like him in videos Mm -hmm. and on stage, but I'm not, I'm not him. He is who he is. And I love that. And I appreciate that. And I can also, there's also space for me to be who I am in this space. So if you're starting out, just be who you are, know your strengths, know your weaknesses, find those people that are willing to help you to jump in this boat with you and to help you make the best of what you're doing and don't feel like you have to compare yourself to anyone. And I think if you are in a position where you're working with kids, you have such a great purpose that is going to go far beyond those few years that you spend with Mm -hmm. those children because they're going to carry the truths that you're instilling in them for many years to come. So stick with it and just be who you are and be who God created you to be.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So good. Okay, If people want to connect with you, listen to the Collide Kids podcast, what's the best way to find you, find the podcast, follow along, tell us all the things?
1: Yes. So definitely check out my website, collidekidspodcast.com. Um, I'm going to have some training courses coming out in the next year or so that has to do with worship. I'm really excited. I kind of just started on that. So exclusive, you get to find Yay! out. Um, yeah, because I know there's lots of people that would love to, to look into that. So, um, But go to ClydeKidsPodcast.com. Uh, you can learn more about the episodes that have just come out, my amazing guests, lots of resources from those guests that I always try to push and promote because I love getting those people in front of all these ministry leaders that need to hear this stuff. And um, you can find me on social media i'm on facebook at the collide kids podcast or on instagram at collide kids pod so come follow me come hang out with me and hopefully i'll have some great resources coming up soon that you guys can check out and be a part of
0: yay that's so awesome okay i'm for sure gonna make sure they know about it whenever i see you on your podcast i'll just pass it along because that is super helpful and i'm so excited well thank you so much for joining us on the podcast it was so great to have you
1: Yes, thank you so much for letting me be here. This was great. And thank you for the work you're doing and helping leaders. This is awesome.
0: Thanks. Friends, I just loved this conversation with Kristen. Didn't you? Kristen shared so much wisdom about engaging kids in large group time and in worship. Don't forget to head to the show notes to learn more about how you can connect with Kristen and see the list of our favorite kids' worship songs mentioned in the episode. Don't forget to check out Kristen's podcast, The Collide Kids Podcast. Our family has started listening to it in the car and it's quickly become our favorite. If you want to keep the conversation going, you can follow Kids Ministry Circle on Instagram and Facebook at Kids Ministry Circle. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.